before by anybody. One that was okay. We're gonna we're back. We're gonna fire up a song, and here we go. Trisha had a bite. I had a bite. But let's play a little music. <laughs> This is David Seville. Alvin, Simon, Theodore, and I would like you to join us in singing the songs of Christmas. So let's all gather around the tree and have some fun. Ready? Here we go. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus I always think of, uh, he reminds me of Al Jolson. Oh, no. <laughs> when he get, when, when David Savell said, yeah, I think you're hamming up a little bit too much, Alvin. So. Oh, uh, no. Oh. Poor Alvin. I mean, even I will stick up for Alvin on that one. Oh, okay. You think that was his own interpretation? I guess. I don't know. Maybe you'll have to play it again. You know what? I have something to say. Yes. I have fussed about Alvin, and I think it's probably just the Christmas, Christmas time. I think I got weary of the song. Uh-huh. I have fussed about Alvin and the Chipmunks so much that I've got a reputation that I hate Alvin and the Chipmunks, which I did. <laughs> well. So, however, the more I hear them, and especially since I saw... The movies that, that with Alvin and the Chipmunks, mm-hmm. they're growing on me. You want to hear their version of Rudolph the Red Snow Reindeer? Oh, you might as well. I mean, <laughs> you know, it just, we're pushing a good thing here, but it's okay. It's all right. We can try it. All right. This is, uh, this is, uh, this is my brother. Uh, get me this Alvin and the Six Month Christmas CD. I think over 20, 25 songs. So this is their version of Rudolph the Red Nose Ranger, Patricia. Now look, fellas, I've been walking around the North Pole with you for two days, and I'm cold and tired, and... Well, where's the surprise you brought me here to see? Around the next corner! Who's Rudolph, boys? Say 
us eat Santa came to say That's my boss, Rudolph, with your dough so bright Won't you guide my sleigh to die? I'm going to see if I can find myself a nice, warm igloo. Try to get along without me, if you possibly can, because I'm Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> you know, uh, Ross Bagdarian, who, uh, his, that's who created Alvin the Chipmunk, and also with David Seville. I think, I understand his son runs his web, the son runs the, the website. Maybe he's a potential guest. This would be a potential guest, especially since. Theodore has really warmed my heart. Poor oh, little Theodore. Oh, oh. It was so pathetic. You know, it's like Bambi, for heaven's <laughs> sakes, watching these little chipmunks go through these awful experiences before they finally get happy and, and comfortable with Dave at the end again. I mean, oh, my goodness. Why do we do this to kids? Why do we do this to me? I'm a little kid. <laughs> you are. Yeah, God, you're a little please. kid with a big heart. Or maybe I'm a Grinch and I'm a big kid with a little heart. Nah. Oh, oh, there's a great trivia question. Yes. Grinch described his heart. How did he describe his heart? Well, actually, he didn't. It was described by Dr. Seuss, who wrote The Grinch. Mm. And when The Grinch was described, his heart was also described. What did Dr. Seuss say about The Grinch's heart? It was colder than Ebenezer Scrooge. Well, that's pretty close. He had an awful lot of things to say about the Grinch. But his heart was what? As tiny as a mustard seed. You know what? There, is there a mustard seed? I have to, now I have to look and see. Yeah, there is a mustard seed because it's mentioned in the Bible and the reason why... It's so really itty-bitty small. Yeah, but his heart was different. Let me see. You know, I've got my stuff so many different places. Someone. And I discovered what is wrong with the baseball. I didn't send anything out. When, I don't know how, how it happens with a PC. 
but there's a function that Macs have, and I have to shut it off. It's called indexing. And it goes through all of your files and picks up keywords and so that when you enter a search, it will have an easy time finding the file. Right, right. We have um, that feature. Uh -huh. Fortunately, if you have not saved your files in a particular way, it will erase them in the process. That's not fun. Which is exactly what happened with my files. Now, I'm, I probably shouldn't have pulled it. I, it's, um, I downloaded to, directly to a flash drive. Yeah. And it's a 64 gig flash drive. So, I mean, it's a pretty big one. And it could hold all of these really good things very easily. And that's where I put the baseball stuff. And um, 38. See, it's, it says 38 gigs available. So maybe you saved it on the flash drive. Part of that should have been gobbled up by the baseball files. But the baseball files are, are wiped out. And Delena, your Groucho stuff is going to be a little late because it wiped out your Groucho file oh. as well. Hmm. So you want to stick in the flash drive and see if it's there? The Ribbon Town, I found a bunch of, uh, not a bunch, I only found a few of the Blue Ribbon Town mm -hmm. shows. And there aren't very many available. Mm -hmm. So I went scouting around and I found a funny Groucho here and a Groucho guest there. And I was putting together a Groucho file for you. Well, it gobbled up the Groucho file um. too. So I will start from scratch and um, get you some extra special stuff. Amen. The end. The very, very, very My. end. Are you there? Uh-huh. Okay. I well, when you here, I don't know if it's my phone or you. Yeah, I would just, well, I got, I got myself turned down low for you, so maybe you're so used to me speaking really high. Oh, see, well, what happens with my phone, and it has happened with two phones and three headsets, so I, I can't, I just can't believe that it's a function here, that it's got to be somewhere else. But anyway, what happens, for anybody who wants to wonder why Patricia is having such a terrible time with her phones tonight, I can hear every, no, 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 you can hear me, and I can keep talking, but I can't hear anything else. Nothing is coming through. So I mushed around my the jack and my headset and all sorts of stuff like there, and I found the exact position where everything works, and I put a rubber band around my, <laughs> the wire to my headset and the phone so that it's held in exactly the right position. But when Walden doesn't talk to me, I think I've disconnected myself again, and everybody can hear me, but I can't hear you. So if you sit there and don't say anything... Boo-boo um, going to be confused. Uh, well, it doesn't take much, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh. So anyway, I am retrieving all of the baseball files. I will have them finished by tomorrow. You're starting now? Sure. Uh, you're not going to look on your flash drive just to make sure? Oh, I did, and I even reloaded the flash drive, and it's uh, just an empty folder. It's already erased, um, and it's the computer that did that. So I have to find a way, and I know there is a way, and I shouldn't so have Fred, to. So, Fred, you don't sure. have to mail back your baseball CD, I guess. 
Oh, no, you don't have to. Uh, no, Fred, you can keep it. And Ken, you can keep yours, too. Bless his heart. He, he sent an email and said, oh, my gosh, when they get here, I'll send them right back if they're yours. <laughs> you know, if they're my master files, well, it doesn't make any difference. My master file got erased. So I did not give away my master file. I never made a copy for me. Of course, we know I that Patricia was complaining to spend spend the rest of her life listening to all the World Series games from 1934 to 1966. Um, I'll go back and see if I can get something better, but I have no idea what's on these things. I suppose I should have listened to a couple at least, but I didn't. Am I forgiven? Of course. No. Of course. I of wouldn't forgive me. Of course, you know. I think the, I think you can play the, uh, the, the red card anytime you feel like it. Well, I do thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, this is good. How many songs did the, did the I'm going to say the Beatles, did the Chipmunks do? I don't know. I really, I was surprised how many Christmas songs were this on a CD. Like 20, 25 of them. I didn't know that we had 25 songs that a Chipmunk could sing. I didn't know, oh. know either. It's What's a, on there, Besides Christmas, Christmas time is near. Well, I don't know. Let's just, let's, let's just browse through this thing. And let's just do an audio jump. So, here's a montage of the...
On the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me. Now listen here, chipmunks, to this advice. You better be good and you better be nice. You better watch out, you better not cry. Better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. down and rest a minute, fellas. I want to say something to you and to all the children listening. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Hi, everybody. This is David Seville with my chipmunk pals inviting you to get aboard the Christmas bandwagon, and here we go. Montage of what's on the Christmas CD of the Chipmunks. That is a lot of chirping. <laughs> Bless those little chipmunks' hearts. You know, they really are endearing. It is the stupid song <laughs> that we had to listen to year after year after year after year of Christmas. Christmas time is here. Time for toys and time for cheers. But with the other songs and my newfound love with little Theodore, they really sound cute. <laughs> well, my gosh, this is amazing. Patricia has found a new love in her life. That's very, oh. that's very good. 
No. No. I know. No. Yeah. Who does the who who do the chipmunks remind me of? <laughs> no, really. Who do they remind me of? I mean, not you. I don't mean. I know a person who looks like a chipmunk. Or no, something. no, no. The 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 vocal quality. Ethel Merman or what? No. No, they remind me of Dr. Dale because oh, of course, yeah. it, it was such a tease. Dr. Oh, Dale Lukic, yeah. who you hear on the science fiction tape, of course, has not been with us for several years. Four years now. How much? Four. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But he had such a tease with me because the chipmunks would make me nuts. And Bill and Mike would play the chipmunks and make me nuts. And Walden would laugh at me and make me nuts. <laughs> and Dr. Dale started with the chipmunks, and he sent me an Alvin one year, little uh, Alvin doll, and that apparently is is quite a collector's piece because it's ancient. I mean, ancient in cartoon and character uh, times. And the next year, he sent me three DVDs of the Chipmunk movies, which I have never opened. They're still sealed, and I'm going to keep them sealed. So, but I did see the Chipmunks on television. But anyway, that was that was great fun that we all had, and uh, I got teased a lot. So, the Chipmunks remind me of Dr. Dale, and he was a very special person. He even made a, I think, a Christmas a Christmas yes, card. Yes, he did. I still have it. It's up on my little bulletin board. He made a Christmas card with Alvin and Theodore and Simon, and it was, I don't know, Chipmunk Productions or some very clever thing. It was just such a wonderful treat. So I do miss him a lot, and I know a lot of other people miss him at least as much as I do. Yeah. So, But that's what the Chipmunks remind me of. They remind me of Dr. Dale, and I still have my goodies that he sent, and the card. The yeah. card was just so special. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. We're about and here and with you. Yes, you can give are. us a call. Let us know. And if you don't let us know, we don't know. <laughs> That's right. I'm looking up the Grinch here. I have to see the Grinch. The Grinch. The Grinch. We have to see the Grinch. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Who was? Uh, this is a good one. We'll put this one out. Who was the narrator? Of how the Grinch stole Christmas. I know. I know you know. I know. I'm waiting. People have to call. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Nobody's gonna call. Nobody's going to call, and I'm I'm looking up the the um, verse here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> Grinch text. That would be good, right? Excellent. That would be good. Mm-hmm. How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. So now we have to look up. I know how uh, how big the, the Grinch's heart was, and you have to tell me. I don't heart. know. Let's see if I can find a mustard seed here. The Grinch's heart was three sizes too small. Uh, Do you remember that? Nope. I guess I remember as a kid, 
the pictures in the book. I don't remember the uh, the actual okay. story itself. I lied. According to this, it was two sizes too small. Hmm. Well, let's see what else his heart was. Um, but whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who's, staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm-lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a mistletoe wreath. Dr. Seuss was just so colorful and so wonderful. Yeah. You're you a good reader. Take those forever. We could start this tonight and finish on the fifth day of Christmas. <laughs> it really is very long. Oh, gosh, this is so good. I love The Grinch. Has anyone seen The Grinch with Jim Carrey? Not the cartoon version, the actual actor, Jim Carrey, who did a wonderful job. That man must be made of cooked spaghetti. I've never seen anybody kind of just melt into moves before. He was a great Grinch. Just a wonderful Grinch. Do you want the Grinch? I do. Well, I do have other stuff, but the Grinch is one of my very favorite. Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be that his head wasn't screwed on quite right. <laughs> it could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Wow. What a great poem. Wow. Yeah. Words, so that, words, words that make pictures. I know. And mm -hmm. they were down hanging their mistletoe wreaths. And now they're hanging their stockings, he snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers nervously drumming. I must find a way to keep Christmas from coming. For tomorrow, he knew, all the Who girls and boys would wake up bright and early. They'd rush for their toys. And then, oh, the noise, the noise, 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 noise. That's one thing he hated, the noise, 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 noise. Then the Who's, young and old, would sit down to a feast. And they'd feast, and they'd feast, and they'd feast, 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 feast. <laughs> they would start on Who pudding and rare Who roast feast, which was something the Grinch couldn't stand in the least. This is so good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have to stop there. We'll get the next installment later. All right. I love the Grinch. Oh, the Grinch is such a wonderful story. And they do it so well in the cartoon, and they did it extra, extra special with Jim Carrey. That's good. Okay. Nobody's going to tell us who narrated the Grinch. But Walden knows. I know. Okay, Patricia told me. Patricia. Patricia. Look, taught me who, and we played it twice, and I bet we'll do it again <laughs> soon. It was Boris Karloff. That's who. No, it was me. I'm sorry. My phone was screwed up again. <laughs> well, we have played it twice over the last two Christmases, too. And I bet we'll play it again really soon. 
It was Boris, it was Boris Karloff. That's who. Boris Karloff. And we talked, talked a little bit about that with Sarah Karloff, his daughter, when she was with us. So oh, it was a year and a half ago. Yeah. Two years. Two years? Absolutely. Hello. You on the air. Oh, it's that one again, but you beat me to it. I was going to say Boris Karloff. I know. Oh, yeah. You didn't give us enough time to call in. I know. Oh, Edwin, I asked a few minutes ago before I even started reading The Who. You must have been on a munch break. No, I was listening to you because the narration was so good. I didn't want to interrupt you. I know. <laughs> Doesn't she read oh. well? Yeah. You read well, Patricia. I, I love you. You sounded a lot uh, nicer than uh, Boris Karloff. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. I oh, think, I love Boris Karloff. I think Patricia should read to the family every Saturday night. Yeah, every Saturday night. Yeah. We could have some. That, that might be a feature for the show. Uh huh. Little, little, little bedtime, story time for bedtime with Patricia. I think we have. Exactly. We could do the um, cringe. The cringe. Didn't Tennessee Ernie Ford do some music on that also? Oh, I don't know. Boy, that'd be interesting if he did. Well, as long as I'm here in the cringe land, hold on. Let me see. On the original. I think he did do some some music on that. It's definitely a, a wonderful TV special. It has so much rich music with it, you know. I, I think I think it was um oh the guy who played Tony the Tiger uh in a commercial. I think he said the uh, wasn't that Frank Nelson? Mm, I'm trying to think. He was also on the Jack Benny show. He's one of the original sportsmen. Ravenscroft? Ra yeah, Bill Ravencross. I think he's on okay. that singing a solo part in the uh in the the Boy Karloff production. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he was um let's see, known forever as the uncredited uncredited vocalist for your a mean one, Mr. Grinch from the classic television yeah, special. I, I really thought that was Tennessee on his well, it says, he said the, the, for the song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, but if there was, I thought he did the entire show. I guess You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch is probably the title of the entire song that's threaded throughout. Uh -huh. I think he is. Yeah, and it was Ravenscroft. Oh, so, okay. so what do I need to do? Look for Ernie Ford and Christmas? Ernie Ford and... Well, let me see if there's well, something else. Let me see early forward. I remember you said, did a lot of gospel, a lot of Christmas hymns yeah, and I, things like that. Yeah, it's such a wonderful voice. Oh, some, yeah. thought, some thought it was Tennessee Ernie Ford with his booming voice. Yep. But I tried to get a hold of his son. His son wrote a brand new book about his dad, Buck, and, uh, and the phone number he had didn't go anywhere, so and I'd love to track him down. Talk about it, Dad. Does anyone know who Susan was? The little girl. I think her name was Susan or Susie. Su C oh, Cindy um, Lou who? Cindy who? You mean little Cindy who? Yeah, Cindy who? Do we know who and she was? Who the the voice of Cindy who? Uh huh. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you? Nope. No, I have no clue. 
well, let me see the cast then. So we need um, just the voices on the animation, right? Yeah. Because not the not the real people one. Grinch animated cast. How the Grinch stole Christmas. Full cast and crew. Let's see what we got here. We need Cindy Who in Whoville. All the little Whovilles. Um, Cindy, Cindy, Cindy Who. We have Cindy Who, June Foray. No kidding. Yep, isn't Not it? No, Cindy, Cindy Lou Who, June Foray was Rocket J Squirrel in Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, yes. That was her? Yep. Uh Uh-huh, and she was Natasha. She also did Natasha in Rocky and Bullwinkle. And my gosh, she had done... Was it Woody Woodpecker? No, she didn't. I know Woody Woodpecker was a woman. Yeah, that was a different uh, person who did Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, what else did she do in the... Oh, okay. Oh. She's done a ton of stuff. Let me grab my book. She just won a uh, an Emmy here a couple of months ago. June, All right, June, you're doing... June is 95, everybody. Still working. And let's see what she got here. It's not indexed. <laughs> How could you do this to me? Is there a table of contents? Not even. Okay, my life with Rocky... Hey, ben just published a brand new book on Mel Blanc, and Noah mentioned he just got it in the mail. 750 pages. Amazing. And uh, Noah said, there's probably stuff here and here I don't know anything about my dad doing. So. Wow. Well, I'm just going to have to look this up because her book is an index. I don't know and somewhere in my cobwebs in my memory. I thought she. Did the voice of Woody Woodpecker, or... There was another woman. I'm trying to think of the gal's name. Was Walter Lance's wife who yes, did yes. Woody Woodpecker? Yes, uh-huh. Yes. Mel Blank did for a while. But then it was it was his wife that... Well, she did it, and then he didn't want to lose her, so he just married her. That's a mm-hmm. good way to do it. <laughs> that's, that's a good way. <laughs> Alrighty, let's see here. Did a million, million, million things. Let's see now. All right. For Walt Disney, she was Lucifer the Cat in Cinderella, Lambert's Mother in Lambert and the Sheepish Lion. This is all for Disney. Mermaid in Peter Pan, which Hazel. Uh, Mulan, let me see. Oh, oh, here we go. For Warner Brothers, I forgot. She was Granny in the Warner Brothers cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Granny was the one who owned Tweety and Sylvester. Um, the Smurfs. She was one of the Smurfs, and she was Ursula and George of the Jungle. <laughs> Bless her heart. Um, oh, oh, oh. She was the voice of the original Chatty Cathy doll. Mm. And I've gone, I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. That's the one I remember her bestest for is that, um, for any voice was getting, don't. I don't know. It just it just keeps going forever. But the ones I remember her best for are Rocky in Rocky and Bullwinkle, and she did the character Natasha in 
Rocky and Bullwinkle, Natasha Fatal. Who's oh who who was her buddy? Uh, oh, Boris. Boris, bad enough. Boris, Boris bad enough. Very good. Yeah. Very yeah, good. Definitely. Um, I don't uh, want you to give the name yet in case someone else will call with the answer, but I know Frontier Gentleman. He was the reporter from England, and I'm going crazy because I got his name on the tip of my tongue, and I can't. Don't <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I'm John Gaynor. Oh my goodness! You want to sue yeah. for a minute? And I just, I just can't remember. I know he was an English reporter. Very good. From the London Times. Excellent. And I just, I, I, like the other gentleman said, as soon as I hear his name, I'm going to say, of course. But uh, I'll let someone else try to guess that. Too funny. Okay. We'll do that. Right. We're looking for John John Daner, the lead character in Frontier Gentleman. What was the name of the lead character? So. Yeah, because I always remember him as Mr. Palatine, but that's Mr. from the other series. Yep. Another, Gosh, he did a great uh, job on both of them. Another yeah. series that he did, which I really like, is Rogers of the Gazette. And, mm-hmm. and, and he plays the guy who runs the printing press for the newspaper. And that's, John Daner? Yeah. Was, was Rogers? No. No, You're that, kidding. no. No, that was Will Rogers Jr., but yeah. John Daner was in the printing room. So he had, you know, he had different, he had a, a role in the series. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. all right. I'm, I'm I, know, here. I know he used to do a lot of gun smoke, awesome. Sure did. Yeah. Ton of gun Edwin, smoke. he did everything. Also, he, he was a cartoonist. Oh, really? Well, a- animation, yeah, he worked for Disney. Oh, okay. He, he did some animation he played, work. And you mentioned he played the organ also? Yep. On the Hermit's Cave? Yep. He played, he, I never would have guessed that he would have been the Hermit. I know. <laughs> because I got the Hermit from uh, Patricia from the awful shows, and I had to watch <laughs> And I had no clue it was John Daner. Oh, not my John Daner, it can't be. Oh, gosh, and I just, I appreciate that man and his versatility so much. He's did one he of the transition people. into TV at all? Big career. Oh, yeah, he did a lot of TV Big work. Big career. He did a lot. Of, he did. He was Doris Day's boss in her TV show. Oh, really? In the 1980s, yeah. And he did a lot of TV. He, most people remember her with the big series on World War II. Oh, I forget what they call it. Weep the Wild Wind or something like that about the you know, the Navy and he plays some of the big big military guys in that series. Yeah. You know. did a lot of westerns on T V too. Yeah. And it just so happens that the actor personality mini profile that I have been dragging around behind me like a lost puppy is about John Gaynor. So I have it right in front of me and um when we have a lull, I will give some information about John Daner. Absolutely. Another thing that I wanted to mention just for people that might want some information about Frank Nelson. Frank Nelson um, in the 70s was the voice of uh, the Harris Lion. And this was a lion that uh, advertised Harris Bank in Chicago. So people probably don't know about this because uh, Chicago 
it was a Chicago Bears game. And uh, he did the voice for the lion that did uh, their advertising, and he was he was an incredible guy. He was an incredible guy. He, uh, I, I, met him. I think the lion is the perfect character for him. <laughs> yeah. I met him at a Spurvac dinner at the Brown Derby, and he, he was a great rocketeer, a great storyteller, and he's definitely he's responsible for uh, getting the health and welfare benefits for uh, for after. He was uh, did a lot of good for a lot of people. Well, I think him and Gail Gordon were two characters that I used to always be scared of because I'd think, oh, no, they're going to have a heart attack and they're going to leave us. They're going <laughs> to die because they could really, really... Uh, Blow up. Yeah. They could and get worked. You're right. I think uh, another person in that category was Jackie Gleason and... You'd think, oh my God, these actors—they're going to kill themselves <laughs> because they could blow up. They were great. <laughs> right when they blew especially, their top. Especially when uh, when Nelson uh, would run into Jack Benny, I, I'd think, oh my God, Jack's going to kill this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. let me give someone else some time to call in. All right. Okay, okay. Edwin, you be. You behave now, please. I will. Well, no, I don't <laughs> I, do that. That's boring. <laughs> I, I doubt you will behave. I doubt anybody in our family behaves. I, I just don't. I, I just won't get caught. There you go. All yep. right. God bless. Save here. Okay. Bye. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. And where is Kurt? He is our winner for November. He doesn't know about it. Yeah, Hmm? he he doesn't know about it yet. He's the winner. Well, if he's listening, he might know about it, but he hasn't called in, so we haven't had a chance to tell him to his ear. Okay, I've got... Are you there? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, you know, when you're lost, I just... It sounds fun. I don't even get a click on my end. I'm just sitting here by myself, and if I keep talking, you can hear me, but I can't. Okay. This was in Radio Recall, which is the, help me with this now, in Washington, D.C. What is that? It's called, called, I think, the Metro Area Old Time Radio Club. Exactly. And they put themselves in an acronym, and I always get the letters all mixed up. They have this wonderful newsletter called Radio Recall, and it's available online, some of their back issues, not all of it, but any of the articles from their their back issues, they post online, and when I'm finished, you tell me what the acronym is again, and I'll go get the address. I think of all the old-time radio newsletter, it's the best one in the hobby. It is the best, and I think it's probably the, oh, I don't know, as an organization, they're a little bit different from most of the other old-time radio groups, and they're very interested in researching and sharing the information, hence their newsletters are always loaded with really nice articles. Yeah, absolutely. And this, this one I pared down. It was written by Stuart Wright in one of their 2012 issues. Oh, February. It was February 2012. And I pared it down because it was quite a long article, 
and it's still pretty long. But <laughs> I think what uh, what I didn't pair out is um, is fun stuff. Um, it said it started out with Dana turned down the role of Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke because he thought it might typecast him as an actor who specialized in playing Western roles. Yet he went on to appear in at least 234 of the 480 Gunsmoke episodes, more than any other guest star in that show. He played cowboys, saddle bums, con men, cowards, and killers. He also played judges, army officers, ranchers, and merchants. And one of the, this is my sidebar, one of the interesting things about John Daner is that he had such a distinguished face, appearance, and voice. He really looked like a frontier gentleman and a paladin. He looked the role of paladin. Right. But he was so good with his character acting that he blended into the background. Now, I love this man. Yeah. And I will, I will get to the end. I'll recognize his voice, and then I'll look and say, okay, now I know which character he's playing in there. But he never overshadowed, he never eclipsed anyone in any show that he was in, and he was in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows. So in radio, radio, John Daner auditioned for the role of Lee Quince in Fort Laramie. Even though Raymond Burr wound up playing the captain, Daner appeared in 14 of those episodes, or 14 episodes of the series. As the star of Frontier Gentlemen and Have Gun Will Travel, Daner played an itinerant English reporter, and complex hired gun. Both of the starring characters, mm -mm -mm, the one we're looking for, and Paladin, respectively, were men who had skills with a gun but preferred to avoid use whenever possible. The last of the 41 episodes of Frontier Gentlemen aired on November 16, 1958. So that was one of the later shows that came about. And I have a question for you. Maybe I'll ask it now, because by the time I get to the end, I'll forget. Mm -hmm. It was one of the later shows, 1962, everybody pulled the plug. So this finished in 1958, and radio was very, very mature. Is that one of the reasons why it was such a high-quality show? I think so. I think they were really experimenting. Um... Um, Frontier Gentlemen, I think he wrote and directed a lot of them, and Mr. Uh, Jack Johnstone they did the same thing for Johnny Dollar, for Bob Bailey. So they had, they had the really high quality, experienced people who were the masters yeah. of the medium. And who, who, who still wanted to do it and didn't care if, it, if they could make bigger bucks in TV at the time, they still stuck with radio. I don't remember ever hearing an ad. Was that a sustaining show? Uh, Frontier Gentlemen? Yes. Yes. Yeah, CBS picked up the... CBS pretty much picked up the tab for a lot of guns... Or very few the gun smoke can have a gun more traveling. But uh, a lot of them didn't have sponsors, so CBS was just picking up the tab. They, they were. What about... Have Gun Will Travel. I don't recall hearing yeah. advertising. Yeah, occasionally you heard some, but most of the time it's always sustained. Oh, so that was yeah. Okay. And they were, you know, um, they would pick up the tab. Remember, um, the soaps were pretty much sp sponsored 
That was Monday through Friday for a couple of hours, but on Sundays, it seemed like they were having a hard time getting people to underwrite the check for uh, suspense, Johnny Dollar, gun smoke, and have gun world travel. Hmm. They were such a departure, <clears throat> excuse me, such a departure from what people were accustomed to hearing on radio. They were accustomed to the comedies. They were accustomed to um, the squeaking of the, the horror shows and the creaking door and inner sanctum and wild bill hickok but to have something so adult and so sophisticated in a western setting must have been a really hard sell well i think what helped that gunsmoke started six years earlier diffie too mm-hmm. and so time front two gentlemen and have gun world travel came on they have mm-hmm. they they probably got to piggyback off Gunsmoke for six years, so no, I think you had a, a a base that would listen to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was not new territory. It no. was just a new branch of the right. territory that, had, that the pioneer was really Gunsmoke. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, John Daner also had an active career in television and movie westerns. He appeared on at least forty western television series. This is the poor guy who thought he was going to be typecast and turned down <laughs> gun smoke. Um, a couple, and I, I pared this down. The list must have been 10,000 that was included in this article. Bat Masterson, The Big Valley, Bonanza, Cheyenne, Have Gun Will Travel on Television. He appeared in that. High Chaparral, Rawhide, The Rebel, The Rifleman, Tales of Wells Fargo, Wagon Train, and Wanted Dead or Alive. Now, that's just a... a I mean, that's a thimbleful of the Western-style shows that he did on television, in addition to so many others. Um, No, not really. He had thousands of roles in radio that were non-Western types, also in the majority of approximately 115 television series and over 125 movies in which he appeared. Daner did not play Western roles. John Daner just happened to be a very talented actor who could play a wide variety of roles. Indeed, he was. He's just a remarkable, remarkable man. He is on par, in my opinion, on par with Elliot Lewis. The versatility and the abilities of the two of them are equally strong, I think. What do you think? I think you're right. Um, I think, though... I think Elliot Lewis got more praise. I think there's been a bigger appreciation of John Daner over the last 20 years or so than probably in the heyday, because I think Elliot Lewis was definitely uh, recognized by the people in the industry. Well, I'm doing my part to get John Daner you, all of the... You're doing it. You're doing a good oh. job. That, that was interesting when you said Elliot Lewis gets more attention uh-huh. or more goes more uh, he had a higher visibility yes and also um, and also i think partly because um elliot was national already by uh silver theater and some of those shows in 37 38 uh-huh. and uh-huh. john dana really didn't get going to the radio party career until the second world war around 44 45 and i was on local kmpc it wasn't a na- wasn't a national show um he also- he also did, and as this article pointed out, he did an enormous number of roles as a secondary character and a background yeah. character. Yeah. Usually someone quite significant to the story. 
but not a lead character, whereas Elliot Lewis was either lead or darn close to it, as within the Phil Harris and Alice Faye yep. show, with um, playing playing Remley in in that, and he had Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. He was. Um, um, Captain, don't tell me. And <laughs> a long time, you can recognize Elliot Lewis' voice, I think. Yes. I think sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I have a hard time picking out John Dana. Sometimes, when he wants to be a, a character actor and blend it really well. I, yeah. I have a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, he also did a lot of Escape. Yep. And he played, he, I don't ever recall that he was, Elliot Lewis was in, a lead role, although he must have been because he did so many of those shows, but he was a very strong, um, what, what you call him, not a secondary character, very strong non-lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is well, the word I'm looking for? I would think by the time Escape came around, Elliot Lewis was so busy put, being the producer director that he huh? was cutting down his acting stuff, and he yeah. definitely, he would have uh, a leading man in radio terms. Yes. Yeah. Indeed, he was, but for different reasons. I think those two are pretty much at the top of the versatility list, and successful, highly successful. Mm-hmm. There were an awful lot of people out there who did an awful lot of different kinds of roles, but they were pretty awful at a lot of them. <laughs> These two were never awful. They were always good. That's a pretty hard thing to pull off. Very much so, and I don't think Elliot Lewis ever thought himself an, of an actor. No. He didn't. No. And, and a comedian? He didn't have any skills as far as he was concerned. It yeah. just unfolded. That's what they asked him to do, so he did. And he was, I think, one of the funniest, I don't think he was, for me, one of the funniest people I have ever heard in any of the radio shows. People love Jack Benny. They love Red Skelton. They love the comedians. I listened to Frank Remley character, Elliot Lewis and, as Frank Remley, and also as Elliot Lewis when he changed to using his real name in the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show. And I hear some of the lines that he gives, and I laugh out loud. It's I, pretty hard to listen to a radio show and laugh out loud when you're all by yourself, you know? You know, yeah, that's true. I just wondered, here's an interesting thought. Could anybody else have played Frankie Remley and made it just as good as he did? I don't think so. I don't think so. He made it his, he, he made Frankie Remley his own. It was it, absolutely yeah. There was anybody could have come in and read the lines mm-hmm. and done a good acting job, but Elliot became Frank Remley, and I think that's one of the things that distinguished him so much from so many of the other actors, is that when he stepped into a role, he was that person. Mm -hmm. A lot of the others tried to use that technique, but Elliot Lewis was successful every single time. Good stuff. Good stuff. You bet. Good stuff. Look at the time. Well, then how did we do this? We done it. We we are, and and we did Omar. We did do Omar. Me. Did, did you have a chance to listen to any of Omar? I went and had a nice big apple pie and English muffin and peanut butter, and I heard smits of it, especially when they was pointing about the curse and stuff like that there. If you heard a smidge... I heard a smidge. 
if you hurt a smidge, that is enough in your diet to hold you for the rest of your life, I, in my humble opinion. It, it was that good, huh? It was that good. Wow. Omar has made it to the second collection of really awful shows. Oh, when, when, when's the due date of that project? It, it, it will be coming out in 2013, maybe? Oh, it's an ongoing project. Oh. I can just say, okay, I'll do it now. But really, I would like to groom it a little bit. And I know there are so many more candidates out there. I've just not had an opportunity to get out there and That's run right. through Patricia, you know? this, is, this is definitely a Patricia unique project. She is a trendsetter. Nobody else has ever collected <laughs> the, the best of the worst. It's, you know, it's true. We see all the time the the top best shows mm-hmm. or 100 best shows or yep. 100 best scripts, yep. 100 best writers, 10 best. Nobody says the 15 worst. <laughs> I've got hundreds and hundreds of worst shows. They are really bad. Some of these are really bad. Um, and speaking of really bad, I still have turkey leftovers. You do. <laughs> Some of these shows, no, not for me, but I mean oh, oh, turkey. Oh, 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 Because oh. I didn't get a chance to tell you that people bought 581 million pounds of turkey this Thanksgiving. That, you have to listen to it because I still have the information. <laughs> and coffee, like, too. I was just about to say, it's like the coffee that's at the end of this list. Yeah. <laughs> you want to listen to the coffee? Sure, give me some coffee facts. I'll give you some coffee facts and leave the turkey for next year. Oh no! Yeah. You, can get, you can give me a, you can drop, you can keep dropping. A lot of people have turkey for Christmas, so we can we can keep. Oh, that's spring, a thought. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll tuck it along and and, um, and, 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 you know, and people do drink coffee. That's true. Yeah, I think they're right. good. Uh, all right, all right. Two point four billion pounds of coffee are sold in the United States every year. So if somebody, somebody counts the beans, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, pounds, no, it's, it's in pounds. They don't, they're not bean counters. <laughs> <laughs> when they talk about bean counters, this is not the kind of bean they're counting. <laughs> the, uh, my assignment was to come back and tell you how many cups of coffee. Yeah. I how, are of, you, how are we doing with that? Well, I was doing really well. I was actually starting to keep a list. It started on October 24th. Uh-huh. And I'd say, okay, I used two tablespoons or I used four tablespoons and I got seven cups of coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I started keeping that and I thought, you know, I need a little variety here. I never drink the same coffee every single day forever. Sometimes hazelnut I'll do for a very long time, but I kind of switch off. So I had to break into some additional bags and canisters. Uh-huh. I don't know how much I'm getting out. I guess the, the, the smartest thing to do, instead of trying to, I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner, I will save an empty can. When I get finished with one of the cans of coffee up in the cabinet, yep. I will save an empty can. And when I pop open a new one, just I will scoop just it. scoop it. Two tablespoons at a time, because that's the little cup that I use to measure my coffee. Two tablespoons at a time, and I'll, how, however many of those I get, I get seven cups of coffee from that. So if I get 20 scoops, and I'll probably get more than 20 scoops, but if I get 20 scoops, that's 140 cups of coffee. And that's what you wanted to know. I want to know what, uh, can we really offer... 10 cents a cup, and it's not like we can do it. 
Yeah, we can do it. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. You can do it. I'm not going to do it. Well, I'm just thinking if if it, 140 cups of coffee at five cents a piece, that's seven dollars, and you said you spent about six dollars in your can. Actually, I can spend less than that. I I watch for twofers. Uh -huh. Some of the some of the quality coffee. Do you know? I was fussing about cans of coffee now coming with 13 ounces. Yep. You, used to be, of course, the pound uh, that Gracie talks about in the Gracie Allen Show, yeah. George Burns and Gracie Allen Show, they talk about a pound can of coffee, and indeed it was a pound. Then they went down to 15 ounces when coffee got very expensive. These people very wisely, they did the same thing with candy when there was a sugar shortage. I don't think there was a sugar shortage. There was just an explosion of prices. Mm -hmm. But they went down to 15 ounces in the cans, and people still called it a pound of coffee. They didn't reduce the size of the can. They reduced the contents of the can. So the cans are now down to, oh, look at that, 12 ounces. <laughs> 12 ounces here. And in the little, in the bags, the bags are down to 11 ounces. So pretty, pretty I, soon they're going to be down to one ounce a can. That's pretty good. I know. They're going to be down to, here's your individual oh. um, little thing that you can throw into the coffee pot. <laughs> but I watch for twofers. Uh-huh. So with the, um, there, there's a nice brand called New England Coffee. Okay. And they've got nice flavors, and I like the coffee, but I never buy it unless it's twofer. And when it's twofer, it's less expensive than my regular coffee if I had to buy it Normally, just for 11 ounces, it would be too pricey, much too pricey. And I am a price per ounce shopper. All of the items have what you, you know, you pay 37 cents per ounce in this particular package type thing. And I am a price per ounce shopper. So even when I get twofers, I want to know if I'm really getting a bargain here. So with that, yes, I was getting a bargain. My Patricia, my Patricia is definitely a uh, a, a value bargain shopper. I am a value shopper. You're right. That's a very nice way to put it. Uh -huh. I'm cheap, Alden. <laughs> no, you are. No, I'm really not cheap. No, you're, you're making sure you can get the most bang for your buck. That's exactly right. Yeah. I will wait for something if I don't need something right away, mm -hmm. and I know it's one of the frequent. Buy one, get one free daily. So I'll, I'll wait. Mm -hmm. My margarine is like that. I buy the same kind of margarine all the time, and that frequently goes on sale. Are buy you, one, get one free. Are you using coupons off the Internet now? Yeah. Uh-huh. I do. Yeah. Not often enough, but I do. Yeah. And we, there are some pretty neat ones out there. Individual states have... Um, some of the coupons on the websites belong to individual states. I, okay. I couldn't... I couldn't say I've already downloaded my my quota. Walden, would you please uh -huh. uh, download some coupons for me? Okay. Because my Florida ones, most of them are universal. Most of them, both of us could have. But for example, the Florida Dairy Association runs a coupon almost every time you open a page. There's a coupon up there for a dollar off a pound of cheese. And it doesn't make any difference how you put it together. You can put together little bricks. You can put together squash stuff. You can you can get it out of the dairy case. You can get it out of the deli. As long as it's a pound, you get a dollar off. Wow. That's, you know, for somebody who eats a lot of cheese like I do, yeah. that's a pretty good deal. A great deal. So it's not like I'm, yeah, I'm not buying... 
to use a coupon, which is what some, which, which is what happens fairly frequently. Oh, I better buy this because I have a coupon. Right. Oh, are you going to use it? Well, I think so. Well, <laughs> if you don't use it, it's not a very good bargain, is it? No matter what the price is. But with stuff like cheese and eggs and the real staples that I use a lot of, it's really cool. The end. The very. I knew we could get to food. I knew we could get to food. <laughs> we could. All right. Which country in the world is the largest coffee-consuming country? The United States of America. It is, but it doesn't say how they measured it, which frustrates me. It doesn't say per capita. It doesn't say amount spent. It doesn't say how this... I mean, you know, we've, we've got about 300 million people here. You measure that against Israel, of course, we're going to have um, the leg yeah. up on there. So Israel um, has 7 million people or so, and so, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's the only way you can actually gauge whether or not that's a significant number is just to get the whole deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, always, I always tell people you don't use passive sentences, you use active sentences. Passive is, an, an, and I'll do an example, Christopher Columbus discovered America is an active sentence. Who did what? A passive sentence is what was done by whom? And you don't even need the whole thing. So if a kid is taking a test, he could get away or try to get away with America was discovered. That's a whole sentence, but it doesn't tell you what you're supposed to know. Yeah, so yeah. Yep. So this is passive. It is a passive sentence because it leaves off chunks and it doesn't, uh, doesn't give us a whole lot. Wow. So I only have one more coffee item. So I can save it or I can make you suffer through it. Um... Well, how much do we have in the turkey department? A lot. I'm um, going to save that. Yeah, save, save the, save, 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 you can save. I'm, I'm, yeah, boy, is that thing a turkey. Yeah. Yes, I will save it. Okay. I will save it. Coffee in the United States is grown only in Hawaii and Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, of course, is a commonwealth yeah. of the United States. And Wait those a minute, are the is it a commonwealth or is it, is it a, I think, a protective? I think it has moved. I don't even know if we use the term protectorate anymore. I spent a lot of time one time about a year ago trying to figure this out, you know, differentiating between yeah. territory and protectorate and commonwealth. And I don't think we use the term protectorate any longer. What do we have? I think we have Puerto Rico, the Philippines. Right. Midway, We've got probably. Some of the Virgin Islands. Midway, Guam. Guam, yeah. yeah, the Virgin Island. I don't know I don't if know. we ha I don't know if we have any more than that. Yeah, is Bermuda is Bermuda is independent. Yes, I believe so. I don't think we have anything going on with them. No, I don't know if we ever did. Don't think we ever have. All right, let's see what we got here. Protectorate, Commonwealth, Territory, and Protectorate. In the British Empire is a territory. Difference between Commonwealth and Protectorate. Mm. Commonwealth and Protectorate between a U.S. territory and a U.S. Commonwealth 
I want all three in the same piece of paper. <laughs> make me go, make me go hunting. Commonwealth. Well, I think I'll save that for next week if it's okay with you. That's fine, my dear. Is that all right? That's all right. Oh, we can we can do that. Sounds all right. Nice. So that's my end, except for a lot of stuff that I still have in the folder and your questions. Okay. So you want to shut it down for the night? Or well, want, or you want to do something else? I want, I want to ask at least one of your questions. You can do anything you want. I'm just giving you the freedom to to play. Okay. Well, it's only 4:30 or yeah. 4:37, so maybe I would give you some of your questions. And gosh darn it, I want to. I keep saying we're going to do this. We're going to do this, and we never have an opportunity to do this. We need to elbow some room and do some of these or at least one at the beginning of the show because we have a whole different group of people who listen That's at the beginning true. of the show the family sometimes like to jump in and call you notice yeah, i mean that's fine yeah. i love that we get so many phone calls yeah. and we have a big family i love it yeah. what i don't love is that we don't have an opportunity to say mm, walden is thinking walden is thinking <laughs> got the answer he's got the answer all right I'm going to give you your presidential question. Okay. What future president's classmate ran a picture of a jackass under his yearbook photo in high school? So I got to figure out the president or the classmate? <laughs> I think the president. <laughs> no, it, I'm sorry. The future president's classmate ran a picture uh -huh. of a jackass under his yearbook picture. Well, figure this out. Picture, so we're going back to the Civil War. Um, this is a yearbook now. A high yeah. school year. I'm just trying to figure out what when do we might gotten uh yearbooks. Oh take a shot. Let's go with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. No. What, do you think somebody would put a picture of a jackass under his picture? Well, no, but they're being creative. Oh, it has to be. My goodness. Yeah, I think the it Roosevelt has to be. It has to be because we've been on a run. Are we talking about Tricky Dick? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never thought about that as a possibility. No, that's a great answer. It's not the one that... That I've got, but that's a great answer. Lyndon Baines Johnson? Exactly! Oh, man! I mean, that one, I can see people uh -huh. doing something like I mean, with a Roosevelt? Oh, my gosh, Mrs. Roosevelt. What, what was his mother's name? Oh. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, squeeze. But was it Elizabeth? Something like no. that. No, no, and it wasn't Adelaide or... She, 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 she played a very big part when he got uh, polio in the, tw in the early 20s. I'm trying to think of it. She played a very big part when they got married, and she wasn't too happy about that yeah. either. Oh, I'm going to... It just came through my head and left. We, I'll give you credit for that. At least it was there for a bit. Oh, gosh. It was one of a really, really proper name, wasn't it? You know, the, yes, the, it was. Yeah. 
Yar's mother moved into the guest house, yes. Uh, um, Sarah. How long did she live? Did she live How long she, did she live? Yeah, did she see her son in prison? Would you say that again? Did she see her son become president? Yes, uh-huh, uh-huh, um, She died in September 1941. So yeah. Yes, very much so. Wow. And she went with the package. Poor yeah. Eleanor. You got, I mean, boy, you got the Roosevelt. So did she move to the White House? I don't think so. I think she she was termed a frequent guest. <laughs> Wherever they were, <laughs> she was a frequent guest. Can you imagine that having, having her as a mother-in-law? I can't imagine. No, yeah. I can. I mean, it, it 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 it's like um, MacArthur's mother went packed up and and followed her son around all over the place. No kidding. Sure, wow. he was a mama's boy. And it's hard to reconcile that he was such a a, a dominating figure yep. in the military yep. and a five-star general. Yeah. And had a mother who patted around after him and took care of his clothes and folded his underwear. <laughs> it, was just, it was embarrassing to say our general's mother is here. <laughs> I never knew that. That's a great story. Oh, gee whiz. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to fix that and get you some history. That would pages. be fun. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. So you were right. Yes. Wow. Lyndon Maines Johnson. A picture of a jacket. I guess, I guess he never changed stripe, did he? I mean, he must have been that no. way from the beginning to end. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, forgive me. I, no, I won't even say it, but you understand. <laughs> <laughs> said it far more politely than I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, dear me. Dear me. I wonder, there must have been. I mean, people who he went to school with knew that he became president. They probably shook they, their head. I, they probably shook you know, their head. I would remember something like that. I'm, I would remember having a classmate mm-hmm. insulted or or made fun of. Which I, this is a form of bullying when you when you get something like that. It is in in my book. I mm-hmm. think I'm I'm probably a little more sensitive than the than the average bear, and I I just jump up and down and say, "You can't do that. You can't do that. Don't do that." Um, but that I would think that a lot of them remembered doing that to his picture and we'll never know how they felt after they realized that he was the person who could have sent them to Vietnam, you know? Oh, yeah. Yep. Chewy. Yep. Chewy. Okay. What else do you want? A baseball question. Baseball. Baseball. All right. What was known as, or you have to give me information about this, the dead ball era? Well, it happened before uh, 1920, um, where all, it was basically known as a lot of good baseball pitching, and a lot of runs were not scored, and a lot of home runs were not hit. And we should sort of refer to that area before the 1920, before Babe Ruth took over the game uh, as a batter until the dead ball era. And That's exactly right. Exactly. And I think... He gives you, for instance, I think the biggest home run total before Beirut took over was home run Baker. And I think he had, like, um, one season, like, 13 or 14 home runs in one season. It was, you know, and he was considered a home run Baker. 
So can you imagine that was like high water mark until the babe took over and hit 54 home runs in 1920, and that just created a whole new standard of uh, home run hitters. I don't have a single piece of information. <laughs> you did. I don't have a single shred of information here that you didn't talk about just now. Hello uh, no, there, you on air? Hey, it's Edwin again. How you doing? Hello, Edwin again. I'm doing well. Good. I just called to tell you that uh, the Philippines are not a protective of... What's America. the definition? I don't understand. You, can you know? I mean, if, where's Puerto Rico? Is that a... Is that Commonwealth or protective? What, what? How do we figure this out? Well, Puerto Rico is an associated liberal state. That's the official classification. Okay. And uh, you uh, mentioned other places like Guam and yeah. and we got Samoa also. Yeah. Oh, American Samoa. That's another another one. Um. Mm-hmm. So you so you think Commonwealth? Then what's the next level? Then it's protective? It's below that, I guess? I think it goes Commonwealth Territory Protectorate. Uh, Commonwealth, uh, you have places like, uh, actually, technically speaking, Washington, D.C. is a Commonwealth. Yeah, that's a good point. Nice state. One of the differences um, that I know is that the protective, the places like, Guam and Samoa and Puerto Rico, they can vote uh, for their um, politicians. Right. But they don't pay federal tax. And the Constitution states that uh, no uh, taxation without representation. Correct. So, for example, Puerto Rico, we can't vote. And I say we because I'm a Puerto Rican. Right. Um, uh, we cannot vote for the president because we're not, uh, we don't pay federal tax. So that's the big difference. But yeah. it's very interesting because the citizens of these protective uh, states, they can serve um, in the armed forces and they have citizenship. Okay. So, uh, Puerto Ricans can travel mm-hmm. without a passport into the United States. So, what's a territory? Do anybody know? A uh, territory has... I'm sorry, go ahead, Edwin. No, no, go ahead. Territory... Um, uh, I'm saying this backwards. A country that has a territory under its wing mm-hmm. has more responsibility there is no there there is no true independence whereas with puerto rico help me with this edwin except for the fact that you have not been declared a state you are otherwise independent of the united states you are part of the united states but independent in the sense that florida would be an independent area of of the country you belong to the country but you operate like a state well my understanding is that every state in the United States, every state is considered a commonwealth. I don't. I know um, Mass, uh, Commonwealth of Massachusetts and Pennsylvania are those. I think. I think the, the classic one I always thought was Virginia. I think Virginia was a commonwealth. 
And I think Pennsylvania is a commonwealth as well. Let me see. <laughs> I don't know what's the definition then. This is interesting. Yeah, I believe that each individual state... Uh, because, you know, one of the more famous... Con you know, Virginia has a... Uh, uh, one of the universities that they call Virginia Commonwealth. Um, and I think that's... You, didn't you guys hear that a couple months ago, I think it was... Uh, someone was... I think it was a Tea Party person was saying that Texas should... Uh, to see from the United States, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to secede, right? Yeah, well, you know, Texas got that interesting history that, was it, six or seven different flags thrown over that ter that country, that territory. Oh, okay. Four of the constituent states of the United States of America officially use the name Commonwealth. Kentucky, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. We got three. Okay. Kentucky, I didn't realize. I never knew that. Okay. This designation, which has no constitutional impact, emphasizes that they have a government based on the common consent of the people, as opposed to one legitimized, as, as, as opposed to one legitimized through their earlier royal colony status, that was derived from the King of Britain. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Do you know what I just said? I don't have a clue. <laughs> well, I get to trying to find themselves. So, I think that the difference, one of the differences. Uh, the major difference, from my understanding, is that, like Guam and Samoa and Puerto Rico, um, we cannot vote for um, presidential elections because right. the Constitution says that uh, no taxation without representation. So if they're not paying federal tax, they cannot vote for the president. And I think that's the major difference. I think one of them, was oh, it Puerto Rico had three electoral college? Somebody, somebody has a, um, one of our, uh, when we had the race, I think there's three electoral college, I don't remember who gets it. I know, I think D.C. has some. I, I believe, Edwin, you're going to have to help me here, and then, and then I'll go look it up. I believe Puerto Rico can send representatives to the national conventions, but they do not have delegate voting rights. Does that sound right? I believe, I believe that's correct, and I believe that's the same situation with uh, Washington, D.C. Okay. Yeah, if you live in Washington, D.C. and you want to vote, you have to go to Virginia or Baltimore. You'd better move out of the city, right? Yeah. No, you don't, you don't have to move out. Uh, from what I understand, you just have to go. I, go. I don't know. I can't remember they have three electoral colleagues, though. I don't know why. So there, there was an awful lot of discussion, at, and it surfaces every once in a while. There, there was a lot of discussion about, and here we are in the center of our the the pinnacle or the 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 this the hub of our wheel, and the people have no voting rights. Mm-hmm. Right. And, so there was an awful lot of fuss about that and about sending, having delegates to go to the national conventions and cast their votes as members of the electorate. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what the outcome was. I don't think we have. All right. Now, see, you know, this is, Edwin, this is much too late to be having an educational <laughs> session. Oh, I know, because I've, I've often wondered, District of Columbia, I've heard rumors, I don't know this, but uh -huh. 
I've, I've heard Washington, D.C. is actually a property of Canada. No. It was borrowed, and we had this just a couple of weeks ago. It, it was land that was taken from Virginia and Maryland. Oh, okay. And it was, they created this thing. My, my understanding is that Washington, D.C. is not a state. Right. No, it is not. It's a... It's a district. It's a district. Um, not a state, and therefore does not have voting representation in the Congress. Right. It doesn't have United any... States... I'm sorry. Ahead. Yeah, you're right. Uh, no doubt. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got a page up in front of me. I'm, I wasn't okay. teaching you. I was reading to you. Right. I was just, I was just confirming. Uh, yeah, that's all. I wasn't... Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Who, you know, because everything on the internet... Who owns Washington, D.C.? Again, please? Who owns Washington, D.C.? The people. United States. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Patricia. You were going to read um, more. As a result of the 23rd Amendment to the United States Constitution, adopted in 1961, the district is entitled to three electoral votes in the election of a president. The district's lack of voting representation in Congress has been an issue since the Capitol's foundation. That was... Washington's time. Um, numerous proposals have been introduced to change this situation, including legislation and constitutional amendments. Returning the district to the state of Maryland and making the district into a new state, all proposals have been met with political or constitutional challenges, and there has been no change in the district's representation in Congress. Now let's see about presidential voting. Seventy-six matches on this one. Hold on. It's going to take me a second. Voting rights amendment. Residents lost representation. Ah, here we go. Residents, residents of Washington, D.C. were originally barred from voting for the President of the United States. This changed after the passage of the 23rd Amendment in 1961, which grants the districts three votes in the Electoral College. This right has been exercised by D.C. citizens since the presidential election of 1964. So I guess that's, uh, without saying it specifically, any area, state or district, whatever you want to call it, that has electoral, uh, has members of the electoral college, the residents have the right to vote in the presidential election, which makes sense. I mean, what are we going to do? Send somebody and say, okay, you go nominate the president, but we can't vote for him. Um, so the people in the District of Columbia have voting rights in presidential elections, and they now have three electoral, three members of the Electoral College. And that will because I know that Puerto Rico has that also. But for example, I know that if you're a politician, um, such as the president, he he came to Chicago to vote. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to go vote where you live. Mm -hmm. your, your official address, so I was always confused about that because uh, my understanding was that uh, citizens of Washington, D.C. couldn't vote in Washington, D.C. You had to go someplace else to vote for the president, specifically. Yeah, well, it says that they can do it now, but they weren't able to before. Now, you know, I never even questioned this before, but the president's family, his his hometown is Chicago. Right. When a president goes to the White House, 
is that a temporary residence and his permanent residence remains the the place he came from? I think so. Yes, yeah, absolutely. They don't, they don't yeah. change it. You know, forward forward my mail to the to the White House. We have a change of address here. Yeah, it, it's a temporary residence. Correct. That that's the way I would assume. Okay. So that's why he would have to go back to Illinois to vote because that's where his voter registration would be. Exactly, because he was here to vote. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think I want to say the president have filled out absentee ballot. And, and I think that's the case with uh, whenever, for example, if a governor uh, wants to vote in his state, mm -hmm. he has to go to his primary address in in that state. For example, in Chicago, which is the state of Illinois, Springfield is where that, that's the capital but the governor would come to Chicago to vote. Mm hmm Yeah, because that's 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 his residence. Mm -hmm. It gets confusing. <laughs> well the school bell is about to ring, boys and girls. We're going to have to <laughs> do some homework this week, Edwin. Oh uh, we do. <laughs> Edwin. <laughs> we, 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 as you noticed. Yes, yes. He's got the we in here. You know, I mean, oh, this, this is no, no, the other deal. thing that I would mention is that my understanding was that, uh, like Guam and Samoa, these are places where a lot of soldiers were stationed. Right. Uh -huh. So they were able to do absentee ballots and, and vote. Right. Because they were away from the uh, contiguous states. That's right. Yes. And the military handles, and I didn't know that until this year, the military handles absentee ballots a little bit differently from the rest of the world. Obviously they because... Do, they, they do that, and they do their IRS uh, taxes also. They have like six uh -huh. months prior to due date to yeah. get all that yeah. done. They've got a particular amount of time to get their voting done. It has to, uh, the, their signatures have to be perfect. Their signatures have to be verified. I mean, these people are sending in from the far flings of the world, and they're sending ballots in, and they do go through a pretty rigid validation process. They sure do, yes. Um, um, Edwin, I have a question for you. I have an answer. <laughs> I bet you do. What are you doing awake at this ungodly hour? I am listening to one of the best shows that I've heard uh, that I've just uh, discovered in a couple months. Oh, boy, was that a good answer. That was that a good Oh, thank you. That was good. We're keeping you awake? No, no, I'm awake. I'm, actually, what I'm doing... It's, it's so funny that we're even talking about this topic because actually what I'm doing is I'm cleaning my house and getting everything ready because uh, I winter in Puerto Rico. Right. You mentioned that last week. When are you going? You, you did, um, and, and everybody north of the Mason-Dixon line is just, oh, he's going to be in sunshine because you did talk <laughs> about the warm weather and the balanced weather down there. When are you going to be leaving to go there? I'm leaving about the 15th of the month, and uh -huh. so I'm just preparing my house to close it down because I usually go from December 15th to about March. Uh-huh. And, and uh, because so that's what I'm doing. I'm 
hanging out with my uh, guide dog here and cleaning the house and getting stuff ready. Now, when your guide dog, you get, you take your guide dog with you, yes? Oh, of course. Yeah. And how? Tell me about transportation. How you arrange transportation? And he's with you in the cabin of a plane, right? Yes. And and how how do you do that? He's actually the one flying the plane, Patricia. I guess you know. Oh, yeah. puppy's puppy is up in the front. <laughs> no, like what he does is um, we get on the plane and he just jumps under the seat in front of him and uh, he loves he loves to travel. Oh, it's no big deal. Does anybody ever give you a hard time about having a service dog with you? Uh, well, I I've had several people that do, and um, the majority of people that do are just people that aren't aware of service dogs. And I work for um, the state's attorney here in Illinois, and I just give them my badge, and I tell them, hey. Uh, go figure it out and then come back and let me know what to do. It's it's my male problem on steroids. It's a what? Yep. It's my male problem on steroids. Male, M-A-I-L. <laughs> He was head of uh, the Pacific Air Force mm-hmm. in Hawaii, and when they brought their dogs in the mid '80s, uh, the poor dog had to be quarantined for three months. And my aunt, uh, her girlfriend, they threw a party when the dog got out of quarantine. You know, the, for the dog. That way, uh, he, he made it through. He she would go and visit him. I guess you know, once or twice a week. But once, once. Uh, I think it was Max. No, I think it was Max. Yeah, once uh, he got what, out. What what year are we talking about? About eighty six. Okay. Yeah, eighty six. So that's true. Sure I remember. I think it was three months in quarantine at that back in those days. Hmm. Okay. Is because my understanding is that there were um, dogs that were called DSDs. I think that stood for like dogs for fans. Mm-hmm. And I think in 1980, they passed uh, legislation that would allow people to bring dogs back and forth from um, uh, different areas that were considered military uh, animals. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, before 1980, if you were using a dog in Vietnam or Korea, um, they were officially members of the military, these dogs, mm-hmm. but you couldn't bring them back. And then they changed that in 1980 because you had people, you had military people that were using dogs and were saying, hey, I want to take them back. Sure. Wow. So, and I, I think Hawaii changed that quarantine also, and I think... Um, uh, Germany and Switzerland also did that also. Well, it looks like a service dog has to go through the same paces 
as a regular dog in order not to be quarantined on the other side. And it's a six-month process on this end, including two blood tests uh, that will give you a rabies titer to make sure that the dog is rabies-free and is not harboring any kind of bad stuff with rabies. So there's a whole process. I mean, it's just not a matter of calling an airline and saying, I'd like to travel next month and I have my service dog with me. It, it, you really do have to go through some pretty significant paces here, just like anyone with a pet. But you can avoid quarantine on the other end. baby shots, um, all you need are your tags. Right, and, and, but they're, they're talking about having what, mm-hmm. what they call baby's titer. It's, a, it's an extra blood test. You, you, your dog has the rabies shots and wears the tag, but they also have to have verification by blood test from vets at two different times during that six-month period before you fly or before you travel. And that, that will show... That, that, that's what the tag verifies, that that's already been done. Oh, and indeed, that the, that the injections have already been done, but you have to have, within that six-month period, two additional blood tests done that will satisfy people on the other end of this travel. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Like I said, I, I, I've never traveled outside of the United States. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, oh, now here's an interesting question. The question oh, I... Is very interesting. Yeah, I travel with my service dog several times a year, including international flights. My dog is 46 pounds and will not fit between my knees. Now, this is a forum. Let's see what what the answer is. How big is your puppy? Not a puppy. He How big is your forty-eight pounds? So he's a good-sized dog. How do you? Um, you said he he kind of hunkers down in the seat in front of you, under the seat oh, in yeah. front of you. He he curls up and sits right in front of the seat in front of me. But a, let me clarify that usually, ninety uh, percent of the times that I've flown with him, um, they just. Um, give him a first class seat. So you sit, you sit in coach, and he gets first class. That that's fair. Yeah, the extra room or the the bulkhead seat, which has so much space between you and the front wall. Boy, it feels like you're going <laughs> to go visit the pilot when you. Actually, the bulk seats are not good for me. Well, I can't imagine that they would be good for the dog either. Uh, actually, my dog prefers to curl up and go under the seat <laughs> in front of him. As sure. Incredible as that sounds, I have sure. a standard poodle, which is not a usual um, guide dog. Yeah. So usually, uh, um, you just say, "Hey, come in uh, first class," and it works out pretty good. Mm-hmm. He just rolls up in a ball. That's one of the characteristics of uh, yeah. poodles. They just they just roll up in a ball and they'll go to sleep and then fine. And he feels safe there. In a bulkhead, he'd be wide open, and so would you. You've just got so much space to bang around there. That poor puppy, when when they hit the reverse, you know, when you land and they hit the reverse, and you know you're still going forward, and the plane is trying to go backwards. Um, Look, to remember is that dogs are cave um, animals, and they like. They like to be under under seats or mm-hmm. open open spaces. Yeah, yeah, and he'd be terrified in the open spaces. Well, well, boy, we sure learned a lot tonight. Thank <laughs> you.
I mean, really, we went through protectorates and voting privileges and which countries and areas, uh, pieces of land, I guess is the best I can come up with, are protectorates and territories of the United States Mm -hmm. and how to travel with guide dogs and temperatures in Puerto Rico and electoral college. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of this in exactly 32 minutes. Oh, nice. Isn't this incredible? Boy, if, if schools were like this, kids would have a great time. And you know what? What's we that? didn't what? listen to any old-time radio. There you go. We, got we, need to get, we need to get old-time radio in the schools in the history classes. We I have got said that. new-time radio. I guess we're making it. Well, maybe in a hundred years, they'll be listening to our recordings. There you go. Oh dear. Oh yeah. goodness gracious, those poor people. Hello, yeah. hello. Yeah, well, they're, they're going to be listening to Patricia mimicking all her speech pattern for till the end of time. Hey, how you doing? I have a quick question before I go. This this Omar that you folks played. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to nominate it for the, uh, <laughs> you know, this is all right. I, I think that your collection of um, no good shows. Yeah, no good shows. That's going to be like the hottest thing. That's going to be the hottest thing, the no good no shows. Yeah. Oh, I understand now. You you want to nominate the mm-hmm. awful shows yep. so that it can be anything. We just know that, at, for example, at 10 o'clock every Monday, we're going to have a terrible show. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, I like that. <laughs> I've got a big supply. Wow. You know, that's not a bad idea. No. Maybe, maybe it should be like that show. I can that. just imagine Bill Bryce getting... Um, the selection. Here's five no good shows, Bill, for the lineup. I can just see him being. Well, you know, with the proper it's introduction. Not, it's not a bad idea because let me tell you, I've heard some of these bad shows. Yeah. And like, yeah. I mentioned, like I mentioned last week, some yeah. of them are so bad they're actually fun. Yeah. I know, I know. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I've been saying that for so long, and it's hard for people to get their arms around the fact that something is so dreadful that you're having a good time with it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's like I ate enough peas that they really do taste good. Not liar, liar. <laughs> but this stuff? But, but as far as like, a, a vote, I would definitely vote for this show. I don't know <laughs> the name of it, but it's the... Um, Family that prays together stays together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely like a day to be uh, separated for those shows. <laughs> I love those shows. There you go. Who did that? Who did Omar? Let me see. It was me, no, not, not, not Omar. Who did the, the, the shows where they say the family that stays uh, together? Stay together. Oh, a lot of them. Uh, family theater. Yeah, I would definitely love a night for that show. So, Family Theater. Okay. Yeah. Edwin, Life with Luigi, and also Family Theater. I heard, I have heard that on other places. What I... You know, in addition to the Family Theater? Yeah. I guess... What I was wondering, I was thinking last week when we played one of the Friday night shows, 
that 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 phrase, that catchphrase, the family that mm-hmm. prays together. I wonder if it came from the radio show or was it a phrase? The, I guess from what I was thinking of the origin of the phrase. Hmm. And so you want you you have heard it in different formats. I was just often sort of wondering. Did the radio show? Call? I think that's one of those shows that didn't have a sponsor. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they had a sponsor. No, no, it was a, it was a, it was a sponsored by uh, the the Catholic ministry. I forget in uh, Los Angeles or something. And yeah, mutual carried it. Uh, mutual broadcasting, maybe. Yep, mutual carried it. Yeah, mutual uh, uh, ran it for the twenty years. That was a great show. I love those. Yeah, but I just I have often sort of wondered about that cash braid, where it came from. I'm yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that I overlooked before. Please, we we, we don't need. We don't encourage him, Edwin. Please. Hey, I, to the I, I, was, I was listening, Walden. Uh, for your information, I was listening to uh, a show on Moody Bible Institute, the uh-huh. here in Chicago, and. Now there's a group that's using the expression, the family that plays together, stays together. No and, kidding. And their ministry is just having people be more active with their kids sure. rather than letting them sit in front of a computer and sure. encouraging them to go out and play baseball and football and hang out in the backyard. I was, um, I, I think, uh, I was thinking I was looking up the Moody Bible area been in broadcasting since I think since the 30s or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe sooner. And I'm trying to think of the uh, gentleman's name. That same with Billy Graham for all those years. Oh. The announcer? No, the singer. The singer. Um, oh, yes, yes. Uh, I missed the question. I, I know who you're talking I'm about. To, I can't I'm, remember I'm the try, name. I'm trying to think of Come the name. Again? I'm trying to think of the name of the singer, the gospel singer, yes. with Billy Graham. He's been there since since 1944. Yeah. And I'm trying to think oh. of the gentleman's name. I I went and looked him up. He started out singing in the 30s. He tried out uh, and won a shot on your hip parade. Decided not to do it. Mm-hmm. And and then he's. Uh, with, with Billy Graham, and you know Billy Graham is ninety-three, and this guy is a hundred and three. <laughs> this guy is a hundred and three years old, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to think of his name. Um, Didn't they have something to do like Beverly? Yes, that was his real name, and then, and then they asked him not to Beverly Shea, uh, Beverly Shay. Shay Beverly or Beverly Shay? Yeah, I think if Beverly they had to drop it. It was his middle name or something. Yeah, you're right. It's it's his name, but he he doesn't go by Beverly performance wise. Can he? But yeah. But anyway, but 103. But anyway, he goes back to the Moody Bible Institute radio program in the 30s, and I was. You know, I'm thinking something like George Beverly. There you Shea. go, George George Shea. Yeah. And he goes, but right, you're absolutely right. Only okay, it started on Family Theater. Ah. The family I had an th- article in front of me. The Family Theater has their own website, by the way, everybody. 
Oh, really? Yeah. What is Who it? Who has that? Probably the Family Feeder dot com. I'm assuming. Com? Oh, okay. I'm I'm assuming if something some derivative like that. Right. Well, I guess I'll find that too. Boy, you guys are sure making up my homework here. I know. Okay, it was um it said millions of listeners quickly quickly recognized and adopted this religious motto taught by Father Patrick Payton. That's right. On his weekly family theater productions radio dramas, which first aired in 1947. To encourage family prayer, especially the rosary, Father Payton of the Congregation of Holy Cross repeated it in his TV programs during rosary crusades and across billboards. He meant for families to take the slogan to heart, and hand in hand with another memorable saying he popularized, which was, a world at prayer is a world at peace. I've never heard that one. That's a new one on me. Nope. That's a new one on me. That's a new one. And, and, And I never heard them pray the rosary on the show either. They would just say the family that prays together stays together. Yeah. 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 Um, it doesn't say that he he did the um, it, it was separate. He, he, he said that prayer especially to encourage family prayer, especially the rosary. Father Payton of the Congregation Holy Cross um, Congregation of Holy Cross repeated it on his TV programs, comma during Rosary Crusades, comma, and across billboards. They were all separate. Okay. So they mentioned TV, right? Yeah. Right. That he had TV okay. programs. Because on the well. radio programs, they never asked you to do the Rosary. No. No. And and they're not no. suggesting that, that, that this is what was happening. Mm-hmm. These were just three different times. For example, he would... Um, to encourage family prayer, especially the Rosary. The Rosary, of course, is a form of family prayer. It, it's, a, it's praying the rosary is uh, part and parcel to the Catholic religion. So it was, um, he was encouraging families to pray the rosary. This is not said particularly well, but he was encouraging family prayer and encouraging families to pray the rosary. And he repeated this message on TV programs during rosary crusade as well as across billboards. So. It looks better when you see it in print. I'm not putting the emphasis well, I, in the I understand. Words. I'm just saying that that may have been on TV, but on the radio programs, it was just a simple message of the family that prays together stays together. That's right. It was, yeah. It was nice because they would encompass all religious beliefs. It wasn't a Catholic thing. It was mm-hmm. just uh, uh, unity. Yeah. the family that prays together stays together, and those are such good shows. The few that I've heard. Yep. There's like over 500 or so available. And uh, all the, the Hollywood Star donator services for free. Did they really? Yep. I hey, Patricia, are you going to send me 500 of them? I'm going to send you what I have if you answer a question next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I do have a bunch of them. He got probably Ron, 300. Ron in Hawaii sent them to me, so I don't know how many shows are on the CDs, but I do have a fair number. Oh, okay. I will. So if, you answer, if you answer a question next week, you may have them. Okay. Uh, she's going to be tough. You're good. She's going to be tough. You're go- you know, I mean, you see how I lure people back? I know. I got a reason to come back next week. Huh? <laughs> uh, we were the reason. Now you've got an extra one. All righty. 
Okay, Edwin, thank you so much. You have a great night, what's left of it. Okay, listen, uh, quick question. I, uh, this is driving me crazy, Walden. Yes. I can't think of this guy's name, Paladin. I mean, uh, John Diener, so uh, before, like I said, give someone else a chance to call and give the answer, but before you guys uh, finish the show, you got to let me know who this is. Guy is because I don't want to cheat. I know I could look it up on okay. YouTube or Google. I'm going but I don't to send. Cheat. I will send it in an email right now. How's that? Okay. <laughs> that would be good. That's what he said. That would be excellent. All right. All right. Even as we speak, I am about to send you. <laughs> Did you get my email about using Windows Seven? I. About using Windows 7. I, I'm on a Macintosh. Oh, okay, so, because I know on Windows 7 we have, um, in the search field, we can put downloads. And I was thinking, I know that sometimes files, like the baseball files you were looking for, mm -hmm. might go into downloads. But I don't know about Mac. Ah, uh, uh, okay. No, I've, I've got Macs. And I know what happened. Um, and it's not even my fault. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to put this guy's name in the subject line, and I won't even put a message in there, okay? Okay. All right. Okay, you got it. It's on its way. Already. Okay, Edwin, you have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Take care. Awesome. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You bet. Okay, so we've got awful shows on the nomination. Am I allowed to nominate something? I think that's sure, a great idea. Sure, sure. that was super. Sure. I like that. Do you think we could sell it? I think we could. After all, we're running the contest. <laughs> oh, the devil made you say that. <laughs> I'm just saying the truth. Awful it's show. It's feature. It's our contest. Well, then, this is, I mean, this would be really a spectacular feature. <laughs> I'm, I'm sold. What day of the week would we do it? Uh, what, time, what time on Friday do you come on live? Uh, on I, 10.30, 10.30, so it'll be 10 o'clock. Okay, so we have a 10 o'clock slot on Friday. Uh-huh. And it would be out of the... <laughs> Eyes and ears of um, everybody except fun stuff. Uh huh. Patricia, think, de, Patricia delight. The awful the pick stuff. Of the week. Yeah, yeah, the pick of the week. <laughs> the worst of the worst. Gee whiz, wouldn't that be fun? It would be a hoop. So we better promote that next week. That way, we we'll see if we get some more people to vote for it. Yeah, it's not that, you know, I do have all of these radio shows to send out. Which ones would you like? Oh, mm. and by the way, would you like to vote? <laughs> like this? I've got a special treat for everybody. End of vote. Now let me start reading the list from the bottom up. Patricia suggested awful shows. Edwin suggested family theater. Yeah, uh -huh. Patricia suggested awful shows. <laughs> Ray in Chicago thinks Vic and Sade will work. Patricia nominated awful shows. This is good. This is good. What do you think? I think I I, I think we can do it. I I can I bet you 
uh, Bill Bragg will be a little amazed what's going to be the final selection of the uh, of the contest. I think we can pull this off. I think you're right. The office oh, show. Vic and Sade. He said he'll be well shaking his head. That's that crazy Saturday night family. They get goofy as all heck. Oh, we've got something has to balance the common sense of these nominations. Mm-hmm. We've got some really great nominations we here. We do. We do. So why not? We'll do it. <laughs> I nominate awful shows. Just in case somebody wants to vote for them. <laughs> Do you think they would recognize my voice if I said <laughs> I think we ought to vote for Patricia's awful show. show. Okay. What do you think? I think yeah. we can do it. We can do it. I we can do it. We can do it. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> we have not heard from Harwood, by the way, for a very long it's been about, time. It's been about a month, maybe longer. I know, and... Um, you know, and uh, I thought, you know, when Edwin got on the phone mm-hmm. first thing tonight, Edwin, I'm talking about you, not to you. He sounded like Maurice. He got a little bit. He got a little bit that nice, rich voice about that. Yep. Yes, and Edwin, I think you may have joined the family since Maurice has not been able to give us a call, and we're really concerned about him because he used to call almost every week, mm-hmm. and suddenly. He didn't call. Yep. Also, another one we haven't heard is Dennis from Denver. No. No, we have not. And his name comes on my list. And Golly gee whiz, I'll have to make out my hoot list again. I know. It's going to be hoot time pretty soon. Um, I did send an envelope to Maurice with, um, oh gosh, I think I gave him Amos and Auntie. I'm not sure. One of the the fun shows and just said I thought he might enjoy it. So I hope... um, I hope he can give us a call, because not only do we miss him, we worry about yep. him. Let's hope for the best. Yeah, we worry about everybody mm-hmm. who hears. Patricia's, Patricia's long family's pretty big. we got a very big family. That's true. Yeah, and fun, and sense of humor. Oh, yeah. They're all going to vote for awful shows. <laughs> I feel it in my bones. I just feel it in my bones. Oh, maybe you can call your own show and start voting on him, Patricia. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, hang up, Walt, and I'll be right back. <laughs> Hello? I'm calling from the middle of the country, and I would like to vote. I don't need to answer any questions. I would just like to vote. <laughs> We're the proud state of Florida. Best. Seventeen electoral votes for the This is good. This is good. Okay, so I think I want to give you. Um, Let's see, we did my baseball and my presidential question, so we got two of them down. We got two of them down. Okay, I'm going to give you one more, and then we have to toss it in. Okay. Ah, uh, what the heck? I'll give you all three. Okay. All right. Which one would you like first? You've got your brain teaser, your old-time radio, or your, uh, that's my stump balding uh-huh. question, and your presidential quote. All right, do the brain teaser. The brain teaser. I actually got this one. Walden, if you get this one, both of us need a life. Well, 
That's too bad, because we probably will never get one anyway. So, okay. <laughs> we have to go get a life. Honest to goodness. Okay, a barrel of rainwater. This is not, now, don't ask me to go out and weigh it. Okay. This is, this is a, a puzzle. So we are assuming that the barrel they're talking about weighs 20 pounds. It's a barrel of rainwater that weighs 20 pounds. What must you add to it to make it weigh 15 pounds? This thoughtful process is brought to you by Yesterday USA Network Radio. Walden Hughes, executive producer, is uh -huh. that right? Yep. Yep. Executive producer who is thinking his way through a brain teaser. A barrel of rainwater weighs 20 pounds. What must you add to it to make it weigh 15 pounds? This is Yesterday USA. Based in Richardson, Texas, with people from all over the world listening to us, and Walden in California, Patricia in Florida, family all over the place, and thank you everybody for calling in tonight. That was great fun. We really had a good time. And Walden continues to ponder, should we run the clock? Was that beat the clock? Am I here by myself? Thank you. <laughs> this is unnerving when I sit here and I talk to myself and I don't even know if anybody's out there um, or there, just over there, not even out there. Hmm. Feel better that you're not getting it. He's sighing. It, if it, well, it depends if the running water is up to the top. Okay, if you could, you could put five pounds of something into it, and the water would come out. But it probably still weigh. Would you listen to that? What a great answer. Yes. Are you just saying displace? That's, yeah, displace. That was my original water. thought. That's why I've been trying to think of another possible scenario than that. Yeah, except the barrel would weigh more. That's what I'm thinking. The rock, yeah, the rock is denser. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, then I thought thinking about if there's probably some stuff you can add to it that absorbed the water. So... But in there. Yeah. Then hmm. I could I could go in and take a bath and get them come out because all the water will fuck out and come out of it. So way less. Oh well, add walls into the water. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um. Would you only displace five pounds worth of water? I don't know about that. A probably, lot, probably a lot more. 
Yeah, a gallon weighs a lot more than that. Yeah, I think a gallon is, what, 2.2 pounds or something like that. I think we more looked it that. up. Um, I think it's, well, I'm not going to say, because I don't know for sure. <sighs> Patricia, I don't know the answer. Well, we've got a barrel of rainwater. Yeah. And we reduce the weight. Yeah. You put holes in the barrel. Oh, uh, that's good. It is so simple That's that you good. just pick yourself upside the head, and it is so simple that I'm slapping myself upside the head. You actually got this one, Patricia? Yeah. Where had you? Yeah. There was nothing wrong with you, Patricia. You are a smart cookie cat. Oh, no, I'm not smart. I yes, get a you life. are. You are smart. I, I have to get a life. No, you are a smart cookie. All right, so now we're down to your presidential quote and your Stump Walden question. All right, let's do the Stumpy Walden. All right, well, I don't really have a question per se. I am going to ask you to tell me everything you know about the show called Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know a darn thing. Neither did I. And John Dunning did not have it in either one of his books. But I did find some information about it. <laughs> and I know he knew about it. It just wasn't important enough for him to include it anywhere. Gee, Wilkers. Okay, now this is from the same place that told me what a terrific show Omar was. All right? <laughs> so we have to throw this over our shoulders with a pound of salt here. Have you... Have, okay. have you Read a little bit out, out of the older v version of the book yet? Oh, yeah. What do you oh, think? Yeah. Don't you yeah. like his style? Isn't it nice? I do. He has such a wonderful style, and I'll bet, shame on me for not even pursuing it further, but I'll bet the mysteries that he wrote were really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, sometimes the writing in a book is so good, you don't care what they're writing about. I think if you look you know, at... It's just so much fun to read. Yeah. I think Dunning was a new paper guy in his earlier days, too. So, um... And a very talented writer. Very talented person yeah. in general. Yeah. It's, it's really so sad that um, he had the medical problem. He yes. Tumor that was had successful surgery. Yeah. But it left him with... Um, and not really serious disabilities, but right. when your when your when your entire life has to do with words and not being able to retrieve them as quickly as you want, um, it really is devastating for the yeah. average person. You say, "Well, you know, I forgot it. Give me a break here." Mm -hmm. But for a person whose entire life was built around words, it must be absolutely hard to yeah. to just sit there and know that those words are just not going to be there. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm I'm just so glad that he was okay after such a, a difficult medical challenge. And Absolutely. He really did extremely well. But everything, including good health, comes with a price. Everything has a price tag. So, okay, Unsolved Mysteries. This did not come from John Dunning. This came from the same radio site. Oh, I guess, no, it didn't. Oh, Miss Halifax to prove it and listen to that. Okay, well, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. The, the the site I got Omar's information from was OTR Cat. Right. 
And this one is okay. Uh, looks like they probably took it from the pretty much the same source. OTR Cat, Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. This show has the facts to prove it. Starring Stanley Payton, Unsolved Mysteries tells the stories of unexplained true happenings. Now, this is from OTR Cat. Your skin will creep as you listen to truths about voodoo, witch doctors of Africa, double murders that could never occur in a thousand years, dead men telling tales, and supernatural forces. Unsolved Mysteries has proof that zombies do exist. Wow. Now, the other one, myoldradio.com, said... The Unsolved Mysteries radio show ran in 1949 and told true stories of unexplained things that happened. You will be astounded at how truth can be stranger than fiction, as episodes include impossible double murders, witch doctors, supernatural forces, zombies, and voodoo, just to name a few. So be afraid and enjoy this amazing collection. This apparently was the the jumping-off point for a television show, huh. or the springboard, not the jumping-off point, a springboard for a television show. And there was a television show with Robert Stack called Unsolved Mysteries. I believe that's what it was mm -hmm. with Robert Stack, but it had nothing to do with, you know, weird stuff. This is Ripley's Believe It or Not type stuff. Yeah. So I should have gone out to see if I could find an unsolved mystery. Maybe I did, and that's how come we weren't playing it. I, I suspect that it might qualify for my second edition. A super duper bad stuff. Yeah, it sounds like it might qualify. It could be. Okay, we'll, we'll knock that one off. I have no idea what Unsolved Mysteries is, neither mm -hmm. do you, and therefore, <laughs> if you don't know, it ain't worth knowing. <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Okay, so that brings us down to your presidential quote. Somebody is up at eight at this hour. How, Who's there? How about that? Hello there, you're on air. Hello again. Hi. How are you, Patricia? Dirt the way. I am fine, Delena. I've been listening to half the show because I can't hear you at almost at all. Well, I'm sorry. Hear who? I, I I can hear Walden fine, but like you're like way off and. I didn't hear that. What was the the uh, the answer to the to the brain teaser? Oh, 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 um, oh yeah. You want to give? Re yeah, have you have you, you want to get you, get, you, you want to take a guess what, what what the answer might be, Doina? Uh, I, I thought of the things like that you thought of, Walden. Yeah. And I was coming to the same dead end. I thought, no, you know, if, if some, I'll put something in to dislodge. Yeah. You know, five pounds. Of the, yeah. to, to make it a 20 pound bottle of rain, I mean, barrel of rain water weigh uh, 15 pounds. Right. And right. I was, but I, I couldn't work it out, you know. So mm -hmm. what was the answer? Well, both of you are approaching this from an, a highly intelligent way and a scientific approach. And it's something. And therefore, you, you get gold stars for that. The answer is. Put holes in the barrel. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, for crying out loud. I knew it was going to be something like that. Jeez. What can I tell you? 
and I and I said after I got this and I got it. I love it when you do the brain teasers. And there was a couple of them I knew it right off. I mean, it's like, and I was going Walden, and Walden said they're trying to wear, and I was going Walden. And I mean, I just thought of it. It's like, and I don't remember what they were, but it's just like I knew it right off. I'm like, jeez. But this one, I just couldn't get it at all. That's pretty well, good. Well, except for ones that I own up to, I give Walden ones that I know the answer to or I got the correct answer. And I got the correct answer to this one right away, and when I looked to verify it, I thought, Patricia, you need to get a life here. You got <laughs> no, I think, Patricia, you're pretty smart. Yeah, I think to myself, you I know? Think, I think she's one smart cookie for figuring that one out. Oh, Two what things. I called about was uh, the Unsolved Mysteries, and I thought, well, I've seen something on, and I mean, it's not on currently. It's probably in syndication because, you know, I, I spelled it out on my titles on the TV, and right now it's on Spike TV. I uh-huh. guess y'all have that out there. Uh, you know, S-P-I-K-E. Um, and it's like, I, it pulled right up. It comes on Thursday, 2, uh, 2 a.m. should be 12 a.m. your time, Walden. And what would it be your time? Uh, 3 in the morning for Patricia. 4 for Patricia, right? No. Unless they have it arranged. Yeah. She's one, she one, she uh, one hour ahead of you. Yeah. It says, okay. The next episode, it says, it's repeat, of course. It says 2000, gosh, my, see my glasses. Uh, oh, Walden, I'm getting some glasses. Marty's mom is going to nice. get some connections up at Walmart. And so, Perfect. Yeah. Anyway, it says uh, 2009, and here's the description of this episode. <laughs> it's one hour. It says, Poverty Island Treasure. And it says, uh... Uh, separate. It has a semicolon. Then it says, "A rare cap is born." Semicolon. A woman claims that she's possessed by the spirit of a murdered co-worker. Semicolon. A Texas woman is shot dead. And it's a documentary. That's it. Let's see. Uh, see how often it comes on. And on the eleventh. Day is the eleventh. Maybe that would be the following Thursday, probably. And the the name of the show is Unsolved Mysteries. Uh huh. Is it? I know the one you're talking about with, with had Robert Stack, but was that called Unsolved Mysteries? It's Unsolved Mysteries as well. Was it? I guess. Did I remember when that used to come on? I wonder if this would be. Now he passed away before 2009, didn't he? Yep, I think he's been gone for oh, about yeah. ten years. If, if yeah. That, um, yeah, it's been longer it's, it's, than. He was there uh, from 1987 to 2002, and then a person by the name of Dennis Farina took over and worked into... And oh, that's I know who when that is. Yeah, he, he wasn't the one that was on, a, a, oh, what was that police show that had, uh, oh, gosh. I can't think Robert of it. Daniel... Robert Jack had the untouchable. The what? Oh, Dennis Farina was a de- played a detective on a a, a, a police uh, oh. weekly oh, me... show drama. It, it was oh. About oh, I see. I recognize. Uh, you know, 
Oh, you, Daniel you, something with you, the... You, you were trying to say something with uh, Barrier Blue or something. Yeah, yeah, something but like that. Wasn't, well, there, I think wasn't that. there something called Hill? Blueberry Hill or Blue something Hill? Or yeah, what? something like that. Oh, um, yeah. Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues, yeah. Yeah, not Hill Street, Hill Street Blues, Blues. that was it. And I think this arena is the one... But anyway, no, I didn't... I recognize I didn't see the picture. Uh, you, you mean he hosted it after Robert's tech passed away? That's yeah. what it says. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, it comes on Thursday, then the 11th would be Tuesday. Then it comes on Tuesday... The 11th, and it says, the Shroud of Turin is dated via scientific, this is 2008, the Shroud of Turin is dated via scientific testing. A family keeps hope alive for a son who reportedly died in Vietnam. A woman seeks her biological father. Let me see. And that's mm -hmm. it. That's only two episodes. Uh, but I don't know whether it bears any... Not, not bears any resemblance, but I wonder if it's somehow... It may be something totally different. Yeah. Totally different than the radio show and then totally different than Robert Stack's thing. I don't know. Dennis Farina was on Law and Order. He was on Law and, Law and Order? Law, Law and Order, yeah. Um, was it on Hill Street Blues? I don't... Uh, well, let me see. I don't know. Um, I just wonder if it's the same guy. He had... Kind of, he was heavy set, had a mustache. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it doesn't say Hill Street Blues. No, um, Law and Order, and I remember him in that. The reruns are, are there. I love it. I love to come across a rerun when he's he's on there. He's, he's just one of those rough and tumble, you know, they'll yeah. grab somebody by, by, the, by the shirt and say, hey, do you see that garbage can over there? <laughs> like that. Well, I was thinking he was on Hill the Street The trash guy is coming in. I never watched Law and Order very much. It's a it's a good show, and he was really good in it. I I liked him a lot. But he says that according to IMDb, he was the one who took over from Robert Stack in two thousand two. Um, well, yeah, however, it's been a long time since he passed away. Then, yeah, well, he was around for a long time. Yeah, he was. But anyway, I just thought I'd let you know. But I don't know whether this is any so to speak, of the original television show. But was, I don't really remember much about, uh, yeah, I do. Just, yeah, I, had, I, I don't know whether this, this Unsolved Mysteries would, has any connection at all. Some of it sounds like it doesn't, like Poverty Island's Treasure and a Rare Cap is born. I don't know. But, uh, Walden and Patricia, do y'all have a way to play any of those sometimes? I have to find them first. Oh, they're hard to find? Well, she can well look. I don't know. I haven't looked. Yeah. But apparently there are only a handful floating around. Let me see if I can. That'd be interesting, you know, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm, suspecting, or? I'm suspecting that it might qualify for the awful show file. Well... Sometimes awful shows are wonderful, popular because they're weird. I don't know. <laughs> I know they're they're just you know. that good. <laughs> they are that good. Uh, let me see what we got here. <laughs> well, then while she's looking, uh, yesterday 
you were saying, uh, oh gosh, somebody's interview had been delayed because uh, her dog had passed away. You said her first name, and, and, and I thought, I wonder if that's so-and-so, so don't tell me your last name. It's, it's, oh, well. Tell me your last name. What was her first name? Beverly. Beverly? Uh-huh. I know. Would it be Beverly Garland? 